0: The following contest is scheduled for one fall! Please welcome Mr. Fretz! It's Friday, you know what that means. Welcome everybody to episode 26 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Why 2 Cage? I am Mr. Fretz, the head of the coffee table. You can find me... On Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania, that's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E, mania. This podcast can be heard on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast across all common listening platforms. Today, I will be reviewing Monday Night Raw from May 7th, 2001, and go over a few things that were on in the news wrestling-wise around that time stay tuned folks you're in for a treat now i know i don't talk a lot about modern wrestling anymore on this podcast but man i just i had to play that uh Roman Reigns' new theme from SmackDown this past Friday night. In a match-of-the-year candidate against Daniel Bryan, Roman wins, and as a result, Daniel Bryan is banished from SmackDown forever. Maybe that means the black-and-gold brand for the Yes Man, or even back to Monday Night Raw. I know the quality for that theme wasn't the best, but I wanted to play it just because it sounds... So badass. It's very final boss in like a JRPG kind of feel here. And that's going to be that throughout his entire title run and whoever gets to defeat him for the title. I personally hope it's someone like Cesaro or Big E, or it could be someone we're not even thinking of. Now, I don't talk a lot about Dave Meltzer because, in the words of Pritcher, FDM, I really don't care a lot about his opinions or his newsletter, but uh, I just wanted to find a couple of things I found on on the Wrestling Observer from from that time, at least on you know Reddit, because I am not paying for crap that I can you know read on the internet for free. There have been rumors of both Hulk Hogan and Jerry Jarrett working on a startup wrestling promotion and negotiating with the USA Network. Hmm. Jerry Jarrett and wrestling. Well, you know. You know, of course, that would result uh, a little later on in NWA TNA, which would debut in May or June of 2002. And that could be some 20-bell salute. Uh, type of reviews at that time Hulk Hogan of course started up the failed and uh, lauded what's the op- opposite of lauded <laughs> XWF uh, very infamous for just terrible wrestling I bought the DVDs from it had to be Walmart it was on like you know the $5 bin I thought I just had to see it. And it was exactly as bad as you think it would be. And around this time, a little known team, these two blue chippers, these young boys named Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin, were working tag team matches for the dark matches on SmackDown. There are several things that are holding up the WCW relaunch, you know, Mick Foley's been losing weight because he's probably going to do a singles match against Vince McMahon soon. Hmm. And Scott Hall is not making any commitments beyond the end of 2001 because that is when him and Kevin Nash's WCW deal expires. And finally, I want to leave you with this one. The WWE has had negotiations with Rob... Van damn, saying that he could be signing a deal very soon. So the whole effing show on WWE programming. Whew, man, better call the devil because hell be frozen over people from the land of extreme going to the land of not so extreme on Monday Night Raw one more rather infamous incident took place on WWE. This time on an episode of jacked slash metal, basically the 2001 version of main event superstars shotgun Saturday night, you know, like your C show. So Mike bell was a enhancement talent that had the task of wrestling one Perry Saturn. However, on uh, this particular night, Mike Bell botched an arm drag that accidentally caused Perry to land on his on his head. Saturn got back to his feet and then proceeded to beat the ever-loving crap out of Mike Bell. Hard punches to the face, threw him out of the ring hard on his neck, and then onto the steps, even harder. At which point, when he finally calmed back down. It was too late for him. He was chewed out by management and sent home. He told, if it ever happened to him before, uh, I mean, happened to him again, he's fired. And you know, Meltzer here pointed out that this is the kind of stuff that guys like Rick Steiner used to do in WCW at the time, and it was laughed off there. However, you know... You can't be doing that. I mean, sure, botches happen, accidents happen, and that's how, you know, you know, Matthew Gregg <laughs> makes a living. <laughs> Shout out to Botchamania, by the way. I've been catching his streams on Twitch, and Matthew is uh, quite an awesome gent. Monday Night Raw, May 7th, 2001 is live from the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York, the home of the New York Islanders, the very same arena where Mike Bossy, Brian Trottier, Billy Smith led the Islanders to four consecutive Stanley Cups in the early 80s. The hometown of our general manager, King Ricky Rosé, and I do believe also, forgive me if I'm wrong, but also the hometown of the lovely Queen Bee themselves, the K. Murphy on SmackDown days before this just after the WWE got back from jolly old England for insurrection The Undertaker threw Stone Cold Steve Austin through a plate glass window and as a result Commissioner Regal put Austin The Undertaker on a 24 hour cooling off period or more likely a, uh, a timeout chair in the corner of the arena for Austin and Undertaker as 13 days from now Stone Cold Steve Austin would be defending the WWE title against the dead man at Judgment Day. There is a cage looming above the ring and one of the show's main events, pitting Chris Jericho and William Regal is in that very cage. The show opens up with Mick Foley coming out in his hometown with his brand new book, Foley is Good, and the real word world is more cartoonier than pro wrestling or, or something like that. Foley is good. Let's just call it that. They give him a big old hometown pop. He gets on the microphone and says, hey, can I hear some more of that? That that, that, that sounds really cool. man. I love just corny, uh Jovial McFoley. It's it's such a refreshing kind of sight to see. He says, I might not be the commissioner anymore, but it's now my job to wander around, make personal appearances, including one right here in my hometown of Long Island, New York. <sighs> ah, the good old cheap pop. McFoley says that, you know, I watch SmackDown, and I'm not gonna lie. I cheered my ass off when Stone Cold Steve Austin got his ass beat and thrown through a plate glass window, and The Undertaker made him famous. And The Undertaker is a man who also made me famous, of course, recounting the uh, infamous, pun intended, Hell in the Cell match from King of the Ring 1998. And this fame allowed me to write a book, not only. His first book, Have a Nice Day, which actually goes through that in very gory detail, including this book, Fully as Good, available tomorrow at bookstores everywhere, Make a Miss, the perfect Mother's Day gift. And of course, I want to take this uh, this brief opportunity to wish all the mothers out there, including my lovely mother, a happy Mother's Day, because this episode will be coming out just days before that, and also... Happy birthday, Mom, as it was my mom's birthday on May the 2nd, as she also is approaching retirement from her career as a nurse. So, Mom, you won't hear this, uh, but all the best to you. Happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day. Beers are on me the next time you come visit. So Vince and Steph are a little bit annoyed on here at this. They arrive in their limo. They're on screen. William Regal meets them in the back, you know, mix saying that, mix here in the ring. They And, you know, they all come out to the ring to interrupt. And Foley's like, you know, I don't wear tweed, drink a spot of tea, or call Triple H Triple H. Now, is that an accent thing? Jermaine, uh, hey, you're hearing this. Feel free to send me... Uh, a voicemail or a or a DM or something, but do you, as an Englishman, pronounce an H with a H, like Regal does? So they were really making fun of uh of his Blackpool accent here, even to the point where <laughs> Foley said that Regal needs speech therapy, and why not do it at right across the street at Nassau Community College? I bet they don't have. A good as a dean as Greendale Community College did, but whatever. McMahon's and Regal, you know, they're, they're coming out here now, saying that you know McFoley is like an unwanted house guest. McMahon brags about some recent accomplishments, including forming an alliance with Stone Cold Steve Austin, suspending The Rock, calling Triple H his very own son, who despite not being here because he's, I don't know, under the weather or chicken shit or something, is the intercontinental champion. Stone Cold is the champion. We have a commissioner with dignity and respect. And Mick Foley, it is time for you to take your leave. And if you don't get out of this ring right now, I have someone who will Force you to leave, out comes Rikishi. And uh, William Regal is like, Rikishi, you will throw out McFoley so I don't soil my hands. And McFoley is like, hey, Rikishi, I've known you for 12 years. You don't need to do this. They did nothing while Taker beat you senseless with a chair. Where were they? Steph grabs the mic, and of course, Slut, Slut, Slut. Don't lick Mick. Brainwash your Rikishi. Put your greasy, cheesy cakes and rub them in Mick's face. Give them the stink face. Slap. And uh, Regal's like, Well, if Stephanie can't slop some sense into you, perhaps I will beat some sense into you. Bam. Rikishi with a super kick, and just like that, Rikishi has turned baby face. And they, of course, come out uh, to make Foley's music. They go back, I mean, go back to make Foley's music and say, hey, cut my music. I want to hear Rikishi's, but no, not his current theme. No, nah. I want to hear his old music. New York wants to see you dance. And for some reason here, Paul Heyman I guess was trying to fill in the Jerry the King Lawler pervert void saying that I want to see Trish dance and then lights go out. And we hear classic Rikishi, classic, too cool. You look fly today, Mick, and Rikishi dance. And Mick Foley has about as much rhythm as I do on the dance floor. And then Vince McMahon, being the party pooper he is with a big platter of party poop. Cut the music! Cut the music! I want the police to escort McFoley out of my ring. And Rikishi, because of this, you're going one on one in a non title match against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ooh, a little bit of intrigue here. The shoe is on the other foot because of course Rikishi was the man who triple H paid to run over stone cold in 1999. And now the roles are reversed and stone cold is the bad man is the heel during the break security throws out Mick, but (laughs) while Mick Foley is loudly (laughs) reciting His own book. It's like being kicked out of the library. For reading too loudly. Edge and Christian are backstage. And they are discussing their match. With Team Extreme. And Eddie Guerrero. Asking. What's Spanish for Chumpstain? El Chumpstaino? So funny. They're reading Raw Magazine. And Kurt Angle apologizes for snapping saying that if you see Chris Benoit hold him backstage here until I get back from this match TMAC rules and Kurt Angle's next match is of course against one half of the APA Bradshaw you know Bradshaw hasn't seen too much singles action since tagging with Farouk, all the way back in 1998, believe it or not, they started tagging as the Acolytes managed by the Jackal. That, of course, is the Invisible Hand himself, Don Callis. So that's how far back the APA go. Bradshaw here, I thought this was kind of a proving point for him being in the singles division as a singles wrestler, not as JBL. I have some very controversial opinions about the gimmick of JBL. The go from beer-swilling, badass Texan to stock-loving, suit-wearing, cowboy hat-wearing knob is stupid. I wish that Bradshaw had kind of the Stan Hansen gimmick in the WWE anyways uh they're plugging insurrection here where Bradshaw had a brief match against the big show and Kurt Angle opens the match by trying to shoot on Bradshaw and JBL just brawls him just you know hits a suplex. very loud angle sucks chance a Bailey to Bailey by Kurt Angle and Kurt is spending the majority of this match of course targeting the ankle. Why wouldn't you if your finishing move was an ankle lock? Kurt hits a nice suplex, goes for the moonsault, gets crotched on the top rope. I see a sign that says, don't read this. Okay. And we want Booker. About that. You're just going to have to wait here. And in midair, JBL catches a diving Kurt angle into the last call away slam. A powerbomb is denied. An ankle lock, and Bradshaw goes to the ropes. We see Benoit on the screen at WWF New York, enjoying a nice steak dinner, asking, what kind of credit card do you accept? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here, gold. Do you accept gold? And it's literally Kurt Angle's gold medals. And he's drinking Kirkland's water at WWF New York. Really, guys? Were you so cheap? That you were handing out plastic water bottles as part of a meal at a bar. I mean, seriously. (laughs) The WWE Slam of the Week, brought to you by Snickers Cruncher. Hungry? Crunch this! Edge? Spears met Hardy on SmackDown. Lita is causing a distraction here. And Eddie... Uh, knocks Edge into the ropes with like a hot shot, allowing Matt Hardy to hit the twist of fate and retain the European Championship. Eddie and Team Extreme are backstage saying that, you know, we don't trust you. And Eddie's saying that, you know, I stuck my neck out for the man who beat me for this beautiful title. And I want to see Lita beat the crap out of China. Uh, Yep, you're little bit of continuity here i gotta give credit for because eddie and china had a uh a romance around this time in 2000 so great great uh storyline long-term booking here uh speaking of which team wreck i know rhino edge and christian versus the hardy boys and eddie guerrero rhino with a bimmy to jimmy suplex belly to belly suplex A twist of fate on Edge. Goes for the unprettier. Nope. Jeff eats a DDT. Misses an elbow. Eddie gets a hot tag and takes out. Rhino hits a nice herm Conrana on Christian. Lita comes in. Hits the Lita Conrana. And Rhino is prepping. He is ready to hit the gore on an unsuspecting Lita. But out of nowhere, Eddie runs into the ring. Takes a bullet for Lita, takes the gore, gore, and Team Wreck win. A very shocked and scared Lita sees that Eddie sacrificed himself for the team to take the pin and the very brutal gore. Sunday Night Heat is plugged, and this is around the time that Sunday Night Heat was on MTV, and it used to have live bits from WWF New York whoever wasn't booked that night got to hang out with the fans and watch matches that were taped previous to Raw and SmackDown while they had commentary and did like I don't know did did bits it was really weird and uh, Triple H and Stephanie were there and then uh, the big show is being plugged for Next week's episode of Sunday night heat of which I will not plug because there is very little Sunday night heat on the network and I only have so much time during the week and I'm going to take a commercial break right here. Folks, when I come back, we will be covering the rest of Monday night raw, including a fatal four way for the light heavyweight championship, a steel cage match between Chris Jericho and William Regal, and so much more. Stay tuned, peeps. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here at Wrestle Attic Radio. And if you have some time on Thursday, each and every Thursday, I want you guys to check out my show, The King's of the rings podcast where we cover all the news that has been in the boot inside and outside of the ring from wwe to aew all the way over to new japan and impact wrestling and beyond that's kings of the rings podcast each and every thursday exclusively on wrestle Addict radio My name is the Monday Night Delight, my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to Wrestlemania, where I met the kings of the rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMatic Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. For four months, I didn't do a show, except when Goldberg won the universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad, and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy, and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA impact wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time, and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye! Welcome back to Fretzelmania 26. Why to cage? This segment of the show is brought to you by Patreon.com/slash WrestleAddictRadio. Five bucks a month gets you exclusive content, such as Fretz's Fave Five, the Twenty Bell Salute, King Ricky Rose's Tales of an Epic Nature, and so much more. You get access to all of us on WrestleAddict Radio on a group me chat where you get to talk about wrestling, talk about life in general, and throw in some funny memes. You also get 15% off of our merch on Teespring, which is now known as Simply Spring. Search for a Wrestle Addict Radio in there. Don't have the URL, there's a lot of hyphens and dashes and whatnot. It's easy to find. You get the Fretzelmania collection with new Mr. Fretz merch coming. In the near future, you got the Kings of the Rings collection with King Ricky Rose, the Willie T collection, and the Queen Bee themselves. The K Murphy just dropped some fresh, lovely new Queen Bee line of merch, so be sure to check that out. The YLP collection, and of course, the Delight Show collection, all that and more. If you're a member of the Russell Attic Radio Patreon, while you're at it, buy some of our merch. Take a picture of yourself in a lovely Mr. Fretz t-shirt, a Fretzelmania face mask, and a coffee mug while you're at it, while you're spilling the tea, and tell your friends to tell their friends, and so on, and so on, and so on, to join the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon, the cure for the common wrestling Patreon. We are now back with a light heavyweight championship match, a fatal four-way between Grandmaster Sexay, Crash Holly, Takamichinoku and current new champion the new fn show ECW icon Jerry Lynn and Monday Night Raw this week is brought to you by Fram Oil Filters, PS2 and Skittles Taste the Rainbow. Now, PS2. That is a console that to this day has eluded me. I never owned a PS2. I went from, you know, around this time, PS1 to N64. I got an N64 at the end of its life cycle, you know, when EB Games was putting them on blowout. So I figured 70 bucks for an N64 deal, I'll buy. Then I went from that to... Ab... Nintendo GameCube and from that to the Wii from that to the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One to the Wii U to the Switch and then the PS4. I never owned a PS3 or 2. One of these days I will buy a PS2 just so I can play all those old amazing SmackDown games that I missed out on. My neighbor had SmackDown Here Comes the Pain and I got to play it with him a little bit but man... If I owned those games back in the day, then it would have been fun. I had no mercy, so I won't complain there. And I could have swore I heard Lillian Garcia, uh, which, by the way, shout out to Lillian. Thanks for the intro. Uh, it was for my birthday last year. Thank you, Nate. Uh, Michi, Michi Nuku. I swear every time she introduces Taka, I hear Michi Nuku. And you get the ECW chance right away. Paul Heyman is, of course, putting over Jerry Lynn as an ECW icon this is a fast match this is a short match they have to get all of their crap in JR makes a bit of a mistake here saying that each of these men were former light heavyweight champions however Grandmaster Sexay never won that title you know Grandmaster Sexay was in the tournament to crown the quote-unquote inaugural light heavyweight champion and if you're a wrestling nerd like me You will know that that title's lineage dates back to 1981 in Mexico and Japan, with legends such as Gentleman Chris Adams and Pero Aguayo and Jushin Thunder Liger and Ultimo Dragon holding this title. Uh, A bit of a nice little trivia note here for you Ultimo Dragon, that time he appeared on Nitro with like 10 championship belts, the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship was one of them. So Grandmaster seksei never won that title. He was in the tournament final with first champion Taka Michinoku, but he never was able to wrest the title away from Taka. This breaks out into a schmoz, where Crash hits a backdrop, hits a tornado bulldog. Taka goes for a move, but nope. Grandmaster Sexy, hits the hip-hop drop. He's knocked out of the ring. Jerry Lynn hits a really nice-looking jumping DDT that the camera kind of misses, but Jerry Lynn retains the title. Taker is uh, being interviewed live via satellite in Stamford, Connecticut, quote-unquote. And, man, American Badass Undertaker in promos and interviews looking back on this now with 2021 eyes is so freaking cringe. I mean, he's like, you know, Austin made a deal with the devil. Uh, I ain't no fool. So don't treat me like one. And stone cold was interviewed earlier in the show talking about how he was gonna, I don't know, do something to takers ass or kick his ass or skin his ass or, something R- really fascinated with the posteriors they they were here at this time and uh taker is like what do i do with snakes i skin them and wear them on my feet so i'm gonna skin you and wear your ass on my feet oh jeez oh man that's cringe oh man like Friggin' biker taker was a cool aesthetic, and I mean, coming out to Limp Biscuit, you're, you're gonna get my fandom no matter what, cause I don't care what you say, Limp Biscuit friggin' rules, <laughs> and they ruled during this time. I wore out that CD, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. I stinking loved it, man. And then Roland is continuing to play as the steel cage descends into the ring, which means that our next contest is William Regal versus Chris Jericho in a steel cage match. And you only win via escape. No pinfall, no submission, escape only. Old school rules for a cage match. Thank you. Nothing grinds my gears more in wrestling than a steel cage match. Especially if you get the old school blue bar, steel cage, and you can win by pinfall, then what's the point? You might as well have a regular match. Regal is cutting a promo on the way to the ring, talking about that, uh, oh, Chris Jericho is going to learn his lesson, and uh, Rikishi, you're going to learn yours against Stone Cold Steve Austin tonight, sunshine. And as an English gentleman... I hate to soil my hands in such a barbaric kind of match. But don't take my politeness for weakness. We Brits are the most barbaric race in the history of the world. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll hold you to that. Uh, I don't know much about my history. Again, my good brother from across the pond, Jermaine, you can definitely hit me up in the Patreon chat with a little bit of a uh, British history when it comes to things like that. Now, William Regal sends a climbing Chris Jericho down, goes for a climbing of his own. Nope. hits a nice European uppercut. Chris Jericho gets hot shouted, hot shotted on the ropes. Regal is in complete control of this match giving a lot of the punishment to Y2J. The fans are chanting, we want tables, but you're getting a tables match later in the night. So you're just going to have to be patient there in New York. Come on, guys. A super, an superplex. No, not a superplex, a double underhook superplex by William Regal, who always made that move look so chef's kiss. Magnifique. Très bien. Very, very good. An RC Cola replay shows said move here. Man, remember RC Cola? Jeepers. That's That's a throwback to the past. Uh, Chris Jericho slingshots William Regal into the cage. A lion salt is denied. William Regal starts climbing. Chris Jericho grabs his leg. Regal is crotched. Chris Jericho is climbing. And as he climbs, the door opens. And William Regal is going to try and sneak out the door. But Chris Jericho slams the door in William Regal's face and wins the cage match. This feud is seemingly over. Chris Jericho has finally gotten one over on the commissioner. Austin and the coach have an interview. And Austin says that the Undertaker makes me sick. He is completely pathetic. Rikishi is pathetic too. He couldn't take me out with a car. Taker, I'm going to wear your ass on my feet. That's going to stink, man. Um, I know skinning hides ain't that pleasant, but if you're going to have someone's rump roast on your your boots, it's going to smell like you stepped in dog shit the entire time. China is on commentary for a match between Molly Holly and Lita. And China's talking about spanking again, about how they're going to have a match and how China's going to spank Lita at Judgment Day. And this feud's weird. And Judgment Day would go on to be China's last appearance ever in the WWE. So it's so unusual. To see this side. I don't know what they were doing with it, but Lita wins a really quick match here with a Russian leg sweep and the moonsault. China comes in to raise Lita's hand and Lita smacks China on the bum. And they they a little tap on the bum. <laughs> um yeah, okay, that, that was weird. The Dummy Boys and Spike versus X Factor in a tables match. Yo, you dealing with a tables? Um, it's the last time I'm doing that Uncle Cracker joke. Apron bump. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out to the Apron Bump podcast. Uh, Spike is paraded to the ring while sitting on a table that the Dudley boys are carrying. It kind of looked like a a float at a <laughs> at a Christmas parade. It was really funny visual. But first. The Lugs Boot of the Week, brought to you by Lugs. Deborah slaps the Undertaker, who says, You hit like your old man. Deborah has a awkward backstage encounter with Vince, who sits down beside her, saying, you know, Ah, that was great. And Deborah recounts the time that she slapped Vince. And for some reason, Vince asks, uh, Can you get me a coffee? I, I like to get juiced up before I go out to the ring and basically it's like, you know, get your own damn coffee. What was that? Uh, Okay. I I guess Vince is trying to kiss up to Austin's wife to remain on his good side, but this was such a weird backstage segment. I mean, there's going to be one uh, on SmackDown this same week where Undertaker spits tobacco juice in Deborah's face. What the man? That's that is gross. I mean, okay, spitting the apples bit was pretty funny, but that's just that's tobacco juice, man. That is that is straight up like nasty, nasty ass stuff. And now here's the aforementioned table match between the Dudley Boys. And X-Factor. But the Duds press their little brother, Spike, over the ropes onto X-Factor. And Paul Heyman notes here that whoever wins this match wins the rivalry. I think this was also alluded to during the Jericho-Regal cage match. There was a lot of stuff culminating at the end of the night here. It's like all the TV shows around, around May... June, April time go into season finale mode and start finishing off their storylines. Just incredible hits a super kick on Bubba Ray Albert with a nice double clothesline, and here comes the we want table spot. X Pac goes for a spin kick, but then he eats a bubble bomb, getting dropped right on his X crack. And also eats the was up headbutt right into his ex sack. Devon, get the tables. And as they bring the table into the ring, Albert bicycle kicks the table in half, knocking the Dudleys down. And that is not considered the end of this match because nobody went through the table. But for some reason, Raven comes to the ring and Kendall sticks Albert in the back while he was standing on the apron, leading to Spike Dudley hitting the acid drop through the table onto the outside. And the Dudley boys defeat X-Factor, winning this feud and moving on to bigger and better things. And a limo arrives at the Nassau Coliseum And it is Chris Benoit returning from a nice hot meal at WWF New York with Kurt's medals. Earlier, Rikishi is saying that tonight someone is going to get a stink face. Kurt Angle arrives at WWF New York only to realize that Benoit had just left. Meanwhile, in Long Island... Benoit is in the ring with a promo while Kurt Angle is at WWF New York. They're chirping back and forth and Kurt Angle challenges Benoit to a match at Judgment Day. Uh, We don't know the stipulation of this match yet, but spoiler alert, it's a three stages of hell match and it is fantastic. Not as good as some of their other work in 01, but man, this match was good. So Benoit decides that he's going to keep the metals safe and put them somewhere nice and warm, right down his pants, right, right by his cock and balls, right, right in there. And that, uh, that was cool. That was funny. And now we see a, a Hollywood esque movie preview, funny, intelligent, interesting says the LA times honest, often hilarious at times moving the Richmond times dispatch, New York, uh, New York's own Mick Foley, bestselling author is back with Foley is good available tomorrow. So you get cheesy voiceover guy, uh, doing a fantastic like promo for Foley is good, which is a pretty damn good read. Uh, one of my favorite wrestling books. I, I've just read Chris Jericho's first two books. And in my mind, they're about as good as Mick Foley's first two. Now, I plan on purchasing the latter two of Chris Jericho's eventually. Mankind's I'm not so sure of, just because I hear differing things about this. I love Mick Foley, so I'm probably going to get to it eventually. Edge and Christian are after the medals. And they corner Chris Benoit in the back. There's two of you and one of me. We can do this the hard way or the easy way. Um, I choose hard way. And then Chris Jericho helps Benoit ward off Edge and Christian. Mick Foley arrives just before the main event to the front row with a ticket in his hand, handing out copies of his book. And they conveniently lands right behind Paul Heyman and JR and and Heyman's just like, hey, can you sign my book? Uh, Jr's been burying you the whole night and you hear Mick Foley signing his book E. C dub E. C dub. So I bet Heyman somewhere in his library has a copy of Foley is Good. With McFoley signing it. Easy dub. Easy dub. The main event. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Rikishi in a non-title match. Vince McMahon is taunting McFoley in the crowd and holds all the gold. He holds up the tag team championship and the WWE Championship as kind of a a bragging right, as a prize. To uh, Mick Foley and, ironically, the crowd around him. Kish hits a side slam and a suplex. Vince distracts distracts the ref. Stone Cold hits a low blow. Austin's getting a good beat down here. Kish picks up Austin in an electric chair slam. Austin brings a chair into the ring. But as he is sliding into the ring with a chair in his hand, Rikishi leg drops it into Stone Cold's face. Hits a Samoan drop. Vince gets in the ring. He gets super kicked. He gets leg dropped. And then... Rikishi sees Stone Cold lying there. Banzai drop. Austin kicks out. Belly-to-belly suplex. And Steph is cornered in the ring. Because Rikishi is guaranteed someone was going to get stink-faced. Was it Stephanie... Was it Austin? There was a couple of close calls where it looked like Stone Cold could have been getting a face full of that ass. But he did not. Stone Cold Stunner gets the win here. And for some reason, McFoley Foley starts to get beat down by the Texas Rattlesnake. And then in the midst of this chaos, Steph gets in the ring. She gets cornered. And she... Gets the stink face. She gets dead ass. And I guess it's official now. That Rikishi is once again a baby face. Bringing an end to his failed. His terrible run as a heel in the WWE. It only lasted about six, seven months. But it was bad. Uh, And it looks like we're getting a feud here between... Regal and Rikishi. I wonder how that's going to turn out. You're just going to have to, uh, to wait and see. Now for what I remembered about this show. And that, of course, was the feud between Jericho and Angle. That was all about the gold medals. And more specifically, the medals going down into Benoit's pants. Something I forgot here is Rikishi's face turn. Now, I had Judgment Day on VHS uh, for several years. I think I got rid of a lot of my tapes back in the day. I don't have a VCR anymore. I want to hunt one down. But yeah, I, I had this on VHS. And inexplicably, Rikishi was a babyface wrestling against William Regal. At No Way Out, or no, he wasn't at No Way Out. At the Rumble, he was the bad man. He was the heel. He was the man that ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I forgot when exactly he turned face, and it was on this show. It was, it was kind of fun. One thing I would change is I know wrestlers in their hometown get a habit of being a part of history in the wrong way possible. They lose or they get embarrassed, like you know that time Jr. got embarrassed in Oklahoma. Edge and Christian broke up in Toronto. Uh, Edge lost the WWE title to John Cena in Toronto, and and so much more. That those are the only ones that really come come to mind here. But yeah, something I would change is that Mick Foley would get something on Vince McMahon, get a measure of revenge. Maybe a little bit of courage, I'll you. Get a little bit of courage uh, for the former commissioner and for uh, Nick to kind of stand up for himself and not take all this verbal abuse that Vince and Regal and Stephanie were hurling towards him. There was rumor and innuendo at the time that McFoley Foley was trying to get into shape to have a match with Vince McMahon at some point in the year who knows if it would have been king of the ring if it would have been SummerSlam. if we didn't have the invasion we could have saw uh, that match and i would have loved to have seen a hardcore legend maybe even him break out into cactus jack bang bang and defeat the boss himself that has been it for this edition of Fretzelmania, folks i hope you enjoyed i hope you listened. To all of us on Wrestle Addict Radio, we're the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. We are the Delight Show with Mance Chapel. We are the Kings of the Rings Podcast with King Ricky Rosé, Willie T, and the Queen Bee themselves, the Kate Murphy. We are the Young Lions Perspective, Mr. YLP Zach himself. And I want to give a special shout out to Aunt Stefano Game of Ant. Uh, every week on on Twitch, every Thursday, G-O-W Enigma. Come into the chat. It's just, uh, it's an E-Fed. It's simming WWE 2K19 while we shoot the breeze and while we have fun uh, watching some simulated wrestling. The Apron Bump podcast has been one that I've been enjoying a lot in the past little while. And, And last week, uh, good brother Nate, the effin' great, the Game Changer podcast, my former co-host and very good friend. And I sat down and recorded an episode of the Game Changer podcast. It should be up by the time you hear this. I don't know exactly when, but uh, it was great to catch up with Nate, talk a little bit about WrestleMania, talk about some of the indie shows that we both did. You know, I brought up the uh, Limitless Wrestling show. That that we sponsored in March, which was a whole lot of fun. We talked about the releases and maybe did a little bit of fantasy booking. So catch all of us at addict underscore wrestle everywhere podcasts can be heard. Follow game event on Twitch as well, and follow the Game Changer podcast on Spreaker and YouTube and everywhere else. You can get podcasts. Yeah, and apron bump as well. We'll see you next week, folks, for another action packed Monday Night Raw review from 2001. Till then, have a wonderful week and keep wrestling real. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.